Welcome to the EP Edit. This is a podcast dedicated to topics of interest in the field of cardiac electrophysiology. I'm Jody Elrod, Managing Editor of EP Lab Digest. In today's episode, we're featuring a discussion on the role of the allied health professional in providing high quality EP care. Andrea Robinson, nurse practitioner, and Dr. Anish Anin from Ohio Health Heart and Vascular Physicians Group in Columbus, Ohio, will be sharing information about their AFib and ACT clinics, which are both led by advanced practice providers, as well as their pharmacist-led antiarrhythmic drug clinic. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Andrea Robinson. I'm a nurse practitioner in electrophysiology at Ohio Health, uh, Riverside Methodist Hospital in Columbus. I have been in electrophysiology for the past seven years. In the past three to four years, my focus has been helping to open and start our APP-run atrial fibrillation clinic. I am joined today by Dr. Anish Amin. My name, as you said, is Anish Amin. I'm the section director for electrophysiology for Ohio Health Heart and Vascular Physicians. This is a great opportunity for me, and I'm excited to have a conversation with Andrea about the structural changes that we've made to our care model. So Dr. Amin, as you know, over the last several years within our institution, we have had three new allied health or APP run clinics, our atrial fibrillation clinic. We have our new ACT clinic, which is run by a heart failure, an EP nurse practitioner looking at CRT response. And then most recently, our pharmacist run class three drug clinic. And, you know, I think we've had a big culture change within our own institution across the past several years, which has allowed the opening and then the support of these clinics, looking at team-based models of care. Are you able to kind of speak to maybe what the culture changes were that helped to support these care models? Absolutely, Andrea. I'd love to speak a little bit towards the culture change that has had to take place at our institution. As you're well aware, our mission has pushed us into new geographies, into new roles in caring for an ever-growing population of patients. We have also been forced or tasked to deal with transition plans for many of our established physicians. And with these changes in mind, we've taken the approach to use this time to develop a new model of care. And that really does mean that we have to manage the expectations of our patients, of our referring clinicians, and of the folks that we work day to day with and helping everybody recognize what it means to be on a team. We have historically been a practice that has been physician-centric and allowing and empowering our APPs, our device staff, our RNs to make decisions and at the same time feel supported by more senior and or specialty-specific docs is important. This is certainly not easy to do. More days than not, I feel like a cheerleader encouraging everybody to reach for the stars, uh, be their best self. But ultimately, I think it's been fruitful for everybody that's involved. What are your thoughts? It's been a dramatic transition, I think, for the nurse practitioners, especially. You've taken on a large role in developing not only the concept of an atrial fibrillation clinic, but building the 
clinical process and working closely with, you know, many aspects of the hospital team that you probably didn't have much interaction with prior to this role. I think it's given you an opportunity to take on leadership that potentially you weren't exposed to prior to this model. Can you describe to me what maybe you went through or what even some of your colleagues went through in developing the Advanced Cardiac Therapeutics Clinic and the Antiarrhythmic Clinic? Yeah. So I think initially, you know, starting with our AFib clinic, the thought process really stemmed at looking at our current approach to AFib management and just thinking that we could do something better, not only from an access standpoint, as as you mentioned, you know, we have some physicians who are, you know, moving out and we have some others not as quickly moving in, but also a different model of care where we could offer these detailed comprehensive visits, sort of an integrated care approach that we knew was probably a better model of care. We just didn't have it mapped out on how to do it. And so really looking at using APPs seemed to make sense for this, not only from a resource perspective, but also driven by the desire from our APPs to do more. You know, you mentioned there is, you know, somewhat of a culture shift within our institution. I think in many institutions, you know, nurse practitioners or APPs largely started out doing tasks like history and physicals and discharge summaries and seeing stable follow-up patients. But we've really had this drive to be a more valuable member of the care team, particularly with the disease state of AFib. Um, And so this really afforded us a nice opportunity to, you know, take on that approach and that role. And, you know, I think we, in putting together that model, there were, you know, there were some resources for us to gain some perspective from, to make our own changes with. We've made it our own. We've been very successful with our APP-led AFib clinic model. And now, now three years later, we have two other clinics, our anti-arrhythmic pharmacist-led clinic, as well as our heart failure and EPCRT clinic. And I really think the success of the AFib model allowed those two things to happen. Largely, I think a lot of that came from support of our physicians and administrators. As you mentioned, I think some of our initial challenges were having colleagues, other physician, you know, referring partners accept that some of this autonomous care would be from an advanced practice provider and looking at having the support of our physician leaders, I think was key and able to, to really gain that buy-in. You, Dr. Amin, you've been very publicly supportive, you know, in your role, not only as system chief, but, you know, as our medical director of the AFib clinic in regard to support of autonomous practice team-based models. How important do you think this has been and really in gaining the buy-in of other colleagues or referring providers? You know, I think that it's always helpful to lead by example. And what I was describing earlier, where I sometimes feel like a cheerleader, there are so many people and pieces to corral together to get all of this to work. And the best thing that I can do is to have everybody that's around me, my clinic nurse, the APPs that I run with, the device staff, the patients, see that I implicitly trust the process and the people that are working there. Beyond that, I think that another piece of this that makes this work is to see that the care is not delivered independently. It really is delivered together. So when we're on rounds and we round as a group of nurse practitioners, pharmacists, residents, 
and the doc, the patients and the staff on the floor can see that we are a team. We respect everybody's opinion. We take on the challenges that team members bring up. And we do the same thing in the outpatient space. So finding the time to have folks directly visualize that physicians have truly embraced this new model of care. And there is an implicit trust, for instance, in our AFib clinic with you, in our rhythmic clinic with Megan, our pharmacist. I think that rubs off on people. They see that there is buy-in from our own team internally and they're much more supportive of it in their own programs. And we've seen that. I think we've seen that there's been a dramatic shift in the way that our partners in structural heart and interventional cardiology and heart failure have looked at what we're doing and attempted to emulate it for their own practices. At the end of the day, I think folks will buy into what they see as being efficient and productive. And we've shown that with close collaboration, with data supporting our outcomes. And once you see it in action, there's nothing that'll let you go back to the traditional model of care. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I think part of our initial, at least getting buy-in was that knowing that there was already some baseline data out there about allied health or nurse practitioner led clinics. You know, the paper that came out from Dr. Jerome Hendricks group, probably now seven to 10 years ago, showing that nurse led care versus standard of care for patients with AFib showed evidence for improved outcomes, decreased hospitalizations, and also cost reduction but we knew that those care models were functioning on over almost like an algorithmic approach, these computerized models, which was guiding their decisions. So I think, you know, we had that data, but then we knew if we were going to show those same type of outcomes in our clinics, we would need to replicate that. So I think taking on the initial approach of having good clinical practice guidelines, heavily focused on evidence-based practice, I think was also helpful and showing that we had a desire to replicate those good outcomes and we weren't going to be going rogue in clinic, we would be making sure we had an approach which was standardized so we could show those good outcomes as well. We have eight docs at our primary site. What was it like trying to corral that group to consider and or accept a single practice guideline? It's a battle we face every day, but no, it's, I think that's one, that's one benefit of our clinic is that for some reason, I think APPs were pretty good at sticking to a standardized fashion or standardized approach. And I think that when we stick to that and then we lightly sprinkle in the individual philosophy of our physicians on top of that, it's kind of what makes our clinic come, you know, so we're, we're not robots either. We're not just sticking to just guideline medicine because it's, it's only a guideline. And so different people have different philosophies on when you offer ablation versus when you offer drug or who's appropriate or not for interventional therapy. And, you know, that, that can't be standardized. We have to treat each patient encounter uniquely as well. I think we do a great job of having really open communication with our physicians. Our, our physicians are acutely available to us when needed, when we do need to reach out to collaborate on with a patient. But that being said, if they're not acutely available, as you've mentioned, we have the trust and the backing to make those decisions independently if we need to.
Well, I think you're right. We're not the only institution that's shifted towards a integrated care model for a number of diseases. Clearly, there are benefits, as you described, to these approaches. We're pushing forward, as you know, to have every one of our clinicians be performing at top of license. Most recently, we've asked you guys to take part in helping us unload the lab, specifically asking for APPs to become proficient in implanting ILRs and hopefully looking towards APPs performing cardioversions. What do you think the response has been from your team about taking on an increasing procedural workload? I think we're excited. You know, I think initially there's some apprehension. A lot of us have been away from any procedural area for a long time with just a clinical focus. So I think there was some apprehension, but we're excited to be, you know, a a part of another space where we think we can add value, not only on hospital rounds in the clinic, but now in the lab as well. I really do think that there's a lot of opportunity in this area. As these clinics grow and we continue to increase our lab volume, there's got to be a give somewhere on the physicians. And so if we can also help to offset some of that work by taking on some of the procedural workflow and maybe even move those things out of the lab, we're really happy to take part in that. Andrea, this has really been awesome. I love getting a chance to talk to you about the struggles that we've faced in starting some of these spaces. At the same time, you know, getting an opportunity to reflect back on where we were, how far we've come, where we think we want to be. I agree. And I, you know, I just, you know, want to formally thank you for all of your support and leadership throughout this. It was a lofty goal from the beginning to think we'd get buy-in from one APP led clinic. And, you know, now we, we have three that are highly successful and valuable to our institution and that's been under your leadership. So thank you. Thank you again to Andrea and Dr. Amin for being part of this podcast. For more information about EPLab Digest, please visit eplabdigest.com. Thanks for listening.